0: Welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast, a hopeful and helpful resource from South Mountain Community Church, a multi-site church in Utah. Each week we will be hearing from our staff as we explore what makes SMCC unique, as well as what it means to be fully devoted and fully delighted in Jesus Christ. We hope this podcast can be a helpful resource for you to take your next step with Jesus. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Fully Delighted Podcast. My name is Adam, and I serve as the Campus Support Team Director here at South Mountain Community Church, and with me, as usual, is Pastor Eric and Pastor Paul to go through 1 Corinthians
1: 5. Paul? That's right. Looking forward to this. It's a little bit easier to have this conversation on a passage that we preached on.
2: (laughs) Yeah, fair warning, this is a PG-13 podcast today, Uh, dealing with... uh, some sexual behavior that uh, was pretty crazy. So uh, if you got your kiddos in the car, here we go, PG-13.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know, and it sounds like we just got a lot of things to talk through that. Um, You know, we want to provide clarity, too. We want to make sure that, as people are listening to this, they're getting a little bit more context, and we're making sure, even more so than we can do on a
1: Sunday, make sure we really just pin that down. Mm -hmm. I feel like today we're going to uh, give you some of the things that didn't make it into the sermon. Yeah, in a sense. Got got, uh, edited out
2: Yep. I once heard somebody say, and I think it's true, a great sermon is all about what you take out. When you try yeah. to do too much, people get lost, get overwhelmed. This is a chance to talk about those things that uh, we didn't have time to cover.
0: For sure. Think of this as the Director's cut. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and jump into 1 Corinthians 5. As usual, we're reading out of the New International Version, the NIV. And I'll go ahead and start in chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, And of a kind that even pagans do not tolerate. Wow. A man is sleeping with his father's wife. And you are proud. Shouldn't you rather have gone into mourning and have put out of your fellowship the man who has been doing this? For my part, even though I am not physically present, I am with you in spirit. As one who is present with you in this way, I have already passed judgment in the name of the Lord Jesus On the one who has been doing this. So when you are assembled, and I am with you in spirit, and the power of our Lord Jesus is present, hand this man over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved on the day of the Lord.
2: Wow. Yeah, this is a fun, fun passage. I'm, as I'm reading through this, take it away, guys. There's a lot of there's a lot of buzzwords in here that we need to address. Judgment, okay. Our culture is uh, allergic to that word. Uh, if you were in an honor shame culture, you love judgment. It's how you got by. Um, we hate that <laughs> word, so this is weird. Hand them over to Satan for the flesh. Okay, wow. that's strong. Disfellowship is the theme that seems to be emerging here, mm-hmm. and in Utah religious culture, disfellowship is. Um, Something I bet some listeners have experienced, and so we got to unpack that. Then you got all the sex stuff. You got the pagan worldview, Paul. Where should we begin?
1: Yeah, I think let's define what the problem was. So the problem isn't actually. (laughs) I mean, it's just a a uh, symptom of the problem that there's this young guy having sex with this stepmother. Okay, that should not happen. And evidently, he's calling himself a Christian. She's mm-hmm. not calling herself a Christian. Right. Because okay. she's not involved in the discipline. Mm-hmm. But the real problem is the tolerance. Yes. That they're proud of the way that they just kind of wink at this sin and, hey, yeah. at least, you know, I hope, I hope. You're doing well, brother, and uh, I hope that works out for you, having sex with your stepmother. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what they were saying to the guy, but they were somehow proud of Cheering for
2: him or something? Yeah, cheering for him. You know, what's so so interesting is that um, in our culture today, uh, we are very well aware that people at the top can be untouchable at times. And I'm going to imagine this guy might have been at the top of culture, and this is why no one would confront him. He was wealthy. uh, He had power. And uh, they probably felt like they couldn't they couldn't address it. And um, by the way, in the first century world, you didn't need consent to sleep with somebody. you know what I mean? It was a very strange world. But even the pagans, which is by the way, a worldview outside of a, of a Christian worldview, it's not a derogatory term, it's you a different worldview. Even they knew that was a problem. Yeah <laughs>
1: They didn't tolerate it in their culture. Right. They taught, to- but what the point I'm
2: making is they tolerated nearly everything else. Nearly everything yes, else, yes. I mean, rape was tolerated. This is a step wow, in their fraud. culture. Yes. This and even this is out of bounds. So mm-hmm. this is like the extreme of the extreme. And um so yeah, I think he was maybe untouchable in some ways, and that's yeah. why they allowed it to keep going. Um it was reported. That means someone left the church in Corinth, came to Paul, probably someone from Chloe's household. We read that earlier. And uh said, Paul, you're not gonna believe this. <laughs> right. Right, right. And yeah. so he
1: talks about you should have put this person out of fellowship. And you know, this handing over to Satan is is a is another way to say that. Okay. And it's not literal. Here's Satan, here is this guy. Mm-hmm. But Basically, here is the world, mm-hmm. you are acting like, you're, like you love the world, oh. here, have at it, right. but you're not gonna do that with, in our fellowship. Mm-hmm. And so basically, we're going to let you feel the pain of that worldview mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and of your actions. Mm-hmm. We're here for when that um, kind of comes full circle, and that was demonstrated in 2nd Corinthians, yeah, and and the apostle Paul said, reach out to this guy. Make sure that Satan doesn't get a foothold in his life. I mean, he has suffered long enough. Let's make sure everybody uh, is on the same page here. He is to be accepted back in if he repents of his sin. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. don't put your foot on his neck and keep it there. Yeah, but mm-hmm. right now, this is something to get his attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I think
2: there's, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, I've been in churches that like did this church discipline thing and it got weird, you know, I think there's a couple things to keep in mind with this passage. Number one, um, you need to ask people to leave who are toxic. And I think his sexual sin could spread like cancer. And the Apostle Paul's saying, you gotta cut, you gotta literally get rid of that cancer, it's gonna be toxic. And it has to stop, because it's going to hurt other Jesus followers, mm. it's going to hurt the reputation of our church, and at the end of the day, it's going to hurt the reputation of <clears> Jesus, <throat> and if those three things are still in play today, at SMCC we're going to have hard conversations, because we love people too much
1: to uh, refuse to have hard conversations about toxic behavior. And so it's a, it's a pretty fine balance here. Doing this with this sinning brother is actually a demonstration of love for Him. Mm -hmm. People don't look at it that way, but sometimes grace and truth requires some pretty firm Mm -hmm. uh, consequences and firm boundaries. Like, you're free to do whatever you want, you're just not free to do it here. Yeah. Yeah, right. Now, one of the
2: reasons that um, excommunication um, can be so harsh and harmful in certain religious circles is that you're actually cutting them off from forgiveness or grace because you have to go through the church to get to God. At SMCC, you don't have to go through a person to get to God. Mm. The church doesn't hold the keys to your salvation. And so this is more of a natural consequence, boundaries that make a point, rather than cutting somebody off from God's love and mercy. And I think for some people, if you grew up in a super religious environment... This type of passage rubs you the wrong way, because it's it's as if you're saying you're dead to God. That's not what's happening, because the sure, Corinthian sure. church doesn't hold the keys to your access to grace. Yeah. And so that's a
1: difference. It right. really is, and it's important to note that we would never exercise any kind of church discipline or anything like that with mm-hmm. someone who has not said publicly I am a Christian I'm born mm-hmm. again I'm part of this church family and I and I recognize that this is my church home and and others mm-hmm. would recognize that this is their church home yeah. yeah so have to be a Christian this has to be their church home for mm-hmm. us to ever even say anything right right well
0: c- I mean can we bring this just to help give people perspective, so let's let's either take this sin, this sin or another sin. Mm-hmm. But let's say at SMCC at one of our locations, somebody says I'm a I'm a Christ follower, very public about it. SMCC is my my church home. Probably a leader, you know. I'm, yeah, I'm serving. Yep. I have
1: influence. Yep. People, people in some way they've given us permission to hold them accountable. Yeah, and some then,
0: way. And then they are public and proud. Mm-hmm. Of are sleeping sick. with let's just put let's just put mm-hmm. you know, sleeping mm-hmm. with their mo-
2: mother in law is that what it was stepmother yeah. Step, yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. I mean it, <laughs> would, it would be like a, a singer on the stage right. who has an amazing voice leading people singing Jesus you are everything you're all I want and on Saturday night posting a picture on Facebook of you know I, <laughs> being in, a, in an adult film you know <laughs> like right, something, right, right. something crazy, like crazy yeah. you know yeah. Yeah. and. Yeah. Uh, People are like, why is she up there? Like, it's, yeah. it's something that punchy. You yeah, know? it's right. not. It's not like I'm, I'm struggling and I shared it with my leader or my pastor. It's not that situation. Right, right, right. You know, yep. there,
1: Jesus didn't say a whole lot about how to do church. Mm. He just kind of gave us the concept, and church has leaders, and those leaders need to be accountable. The church represents Christ on the earth, things like that. Mm-hmm. But he got mm-hmm. very specific at one point. In Matthew 18, he said, now, if there's a sinning brother among you, go Mm one-on-one, try to protect his dignity Mm -hmm. by just having a conversation, ask some good questions, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't listen to you, take a friend, somebody who has influence in that person's life, Mm -hmm. and see if you can get him to come around to Mm -hmm. repent and be restored. If not, take it to the entire church. So this is not an Apostle Paul thing. Mm -hmm. This is a Jesus thing. Yeah,
2: that's a good point. I've been thinking as I was studying this passage, because um, w- Paul's going to talk about judgment within the church. And I've been thinking about why the American in general, in the West and the American church, is so put off by judgment. And mm. I was thinking about that because in an honor shame culture, it was like, please judge me. I want to add up and I want to make you proud. I want to mm. please you. So mm-hmm. judge me and mm-hmm. see me as worthy. Yeah. In our culture, it's. I think it because of our pathway to identity, which it comes from within. Mm-hmm. Judgment feels like a rejection of everything that we know, and mm-hmm. I think it's because of the identity crisis that we have. And and so there's a reason that judgment is so off putting in our culture. And um, I want us to just get over that a little bit. We we um w- for the modern person, who we are comes from within. But interestingly enough, we're desperate for the applause and praise of people, and so judgment is something that um, makes us sick, but uh, Mm -hmm. Paul says there's a good place for it.
1: I like where you're going here, because in our culture, you are what you do, and so your identity is tied with your, your actions. And Christianity offers a great alternative to that. Mm-hmm. The gospel offers the ability to be defined by who Christ says you are, mm-hmm. instead of yep what your activity is. And so, obviously, um, this is devastating to somebody outside of the gospel. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. The gospel gives us permission
2: to evaluate our behavior without that changing our value.
0: Ooh, that's good.
2: And And when Jesus used
1: the word judgment, he's talking about looking down on, Mm -hmm. basically, uh, it's an arrogance, it's a, boy, I would never do that type of thing, us versus them Mm -hmm. type of thinking. This is not, this is discernment. Yeah. This is what we're talking about here. Yeah, and it's absolutely in bounds for a Christian to make moral judgments. Yeah, discernment. Yeah, only God can judge me. That we've heard people talk oh, yeah. about that. I think we're you mentioned about that a that. couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Let's just be clear:
2: uh, God can only God can judge my heart, my salvation, my mm-hmm. identity. Where like that's something for Him to do. But it's very clear that when it comes to evaluating behavior, that's kind of a horizontal judgment that's appropriate. You got vertical judgment. We've yeah, talked about yeah. vertical righteousness and horizontal mm-hmm. right. Uh, let's talk about vertical judgment, horizontal judgment. There's a yeah. place for both. You just got to keep it in balance. Yeah, and what's interesting too is I've been talking to
0: different people who um, are either currently living in the predominant religion here in Utah or have have exited that. And I and I, you know, we're talking about judgment and um, how do people perceive that, especially in the West, American West. Um, uh, I, I think people are, are it's a that's a punchy word to them because what they have seen too and we need we should recognize this in religion a lot of times, judgment is used as a power move. Mm-hmm. It's used as a way to manipulate and to coerce Mm-hmm. somebody into something, mm-hmm. right? That's how judgment is used in that. Yeah,
2: I I have to judge my kids all the time. I have to evaluate their behavior and coach and guide them. That's what love requires. And Paul says, love your church so much that you judge the things that will ruin your church. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what he's saying here. And yeah. I think we can all understand that that's important. Now, let's let's get a little bit more practical here with this, just to make sure
0: that we're super clear. So, you know, Eric Paul... If I'm listening to this, and I'm a small group leader, <laughs> or I attend a small group, yeah, you know, am I nervous all of a sudden, thinking, "Oh my gosh, I can't share anything in this group with people because
1: what if I'm going to get pushed out?" I mean, like, what, what do you say to that? Yeah, I think we're really talking about things that cause uh, a, a young Christian to stumble. Mm-hmm. That type of behavior has so it has to be public and persistent. Mm-hmm. Mm. it can't just be, oh, I got a speeding ticket, oh, they might kick me out of church, (laughs) that type of thing. It has to be something that would cause a non-Christian to turn away from the faith, Mm. like you're publicly declaring that you are a Christian and you act like you're not. Mm -hmm. And Mm. so it it hurts the reputation of Jesus Christ and the church Mm -hmm. also. (laughs) Those are the things that... Sure. In one of the small groups I was in, um, someone showed
2: up drunk one time, and... Mm. uh, that was a conversation, and if that were to continue to happen, mm-hmm. that uh, person would not be able to come to small group. It's yeah. just because it hurts the experience for everybody else. It's confusing. It's mm-hmm. awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard. It's hard to take your next step to Jesus when you feel like someone's minimizing the the health of the group, yeah. and. Um, You know, that would be another example of where we'd have a hard conversation. So if you're a small group leader, you've said yes to hard conversations because it's what love requires. Mm -hmm. If you go to a small group and you've seen the blue card, we use a blue card to talk about the Mm -hmm. expectations of a group member. What does a good group member do? You are giving your group leader and the group as a whole permission to say things that hurt the group experience. Mm -hmm. Yes, those two things are on the table if you go to a small group.
0: Yeah, and then on the flip side, let's just go, let's err on the side of clarity and, and the grace side, true, a lot of what we've been talking about is truth. You know, if I go to a small group, you know, hypothetically, and I'm talking about um, something that I'm struggling with, and I'm like, I just, like, I I don't know what to do. Like, I know that I shouldn't be doing this, but, you know, like, what happens in a safe small group environment with that or a men's group or Mm -hmm. whatever?
2: No, I think it's important for the leader to re-communicate the expectations of the group. You know, hey, Adam just shared that, guys. Let's remember uh, this is a safe place for Adam to process. This stays with us. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it's whatever the issue is, uh, we move forward. So it's like, I, maybe if I was your group leader, mm-hmm. I would say something like, hey, Adam, let's get coffee this week and follow up. Or I could right. say, hey, is there somebody in the group that could offer Adam something that he might need? You know, mm-hmm. we would, as a group, move forward. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the difference in your situation and this situation is you're humble enough to come to the group looking for support. Right. This guy is not that. This guy's not humble. Yeah, he's saying, no. hey, look at me. I love yeah. This is great. Who else should I sleep with? You yeah. know, he's looking around the room. He He... He could be a predator, honestly, let's honestly. be honest. He could be
1: that, and that is gonna be a problem. Yeah, so there's a big difference between those yeah, two Yeah, think things. about the, the young Christian in that group. If you said, look, I'm really struggling with this, I need, I need help, this is hard for me, a mm-hmm. young Christian would say, wow, that is humble, and this is a transparent group, and mm-hmm. look, at, nobody is launching on this guy. Mm-hmm. All they're doing mm-hmm. is showing kindness and grace and mm-hmm. opportunity to kind of give him a hand out or yeah. hand up, and and man, this is like a family. This is mm-hmm. awesome. So. Obviously, we'd rather have that scenario, right? Right, where, right, where people are transparent about their struggles. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to be clear to our listeners. There's definitely a difference.
0: I don't want people to think mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah. We're just SMCC or the church is ready to just kick people out of everything, <laughs> right? There's there's a huge difference in those two scenarios. Yeah. Yep. So great. Let's go ahead and read verses six through eight now. Your boasting is not good. Don't you know that a little yeast leavens the whole batch of dough? Get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened batch as you really are. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us keep the festival, not with the old bread leavened with
2: malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I, I love this. I love this illustration. This metaphor. I think it's probably lost on some modern day readers. Yeah. He's taking them back to the Exodus. Uh. Now, this is what's so important. He could have taken them back to the law. He could have taken them back to "Don't sleep with your to, incest is wrong" according to the law. Yeah. But he right, took them right, right, to right. the Exodus. He took them to redemption and grace. Um, the the Passover moment, and then he mm. connects that to Jesus. He's he talks about. He talks about this behavior, this metaphor, I think, for a couple of reasons. One is he's, he knows that this sin of this man could work its way through the church. All right, just like, just like a little yeast can work its way through the dough, he's saying, you have to stop this, otherwise it could become toxic, cancerous, it could spread, it could work its way through the <clears> church. <throat> but additionally, he goes back to the moment of the Exodus, the festival where they celebrated it. He's saying, look, we celebrate um, grace, we celebrate Jesus, Let's remember that. So he's he's kind of going back to that that metaphor um and there's a lot that we could unpack there but I just think it's important to remember you know he's going to mm-hmm. to grace salvation not law. Got
1: it. I love the way Tim Keller says don't go back to Mount Sinai, go to Mount Calvary. Oh yeah. And and that's the contrast here. It is basically saying that we want you to be motivated by the kindness of Jesus Christ. That mm. should bring you to repentance, not condemnation of the law. Mm. That's a lasting result yeah. when you're convinced of the kindness of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And, and, really, this is genius on the Apostle Paul's part, because he knows that the only lasting motivation for righteousness is that relationship, that love relationship with Jesus Christ, where you're so glad that he died for you.
0: Yeah, and just for our listeners, maybe they hear that and they go, that's really interesting. I mean, it's a a cool perspective to have Mount Sinai, is where the Ten Commandments were given to Moses. The law. The law. Um, And then Mount Calvary is
2: where Christ died on a cross. Yep. The passover lamb. Yep. Excellent. So Excellent. it's just it's almost the same metaphor just applied to to bread, unleavened bread. <laughs> right. Because me that, that was something they walked out of Egypt with, yeah. right? And right. so they would look back on that moment in the festival, meaning how you celebrate it, how you remember it, mm-hmm. and that unleavened bread was a part of that celebration. It was a just like communion is a symbol of redemption that passover bread was the same thing and then he says not with malice and wickedness i think what he's saying is this man um he didn't give a rip like malice Mm. like he could care less that he was doing this to the church Mm, you know i think we see a little indicator there that um the extent to which this guy was hard-hearted just just didn't care but unleavened bread of sincerity and truth is hey this is how you can approach this here's the truth of the matter
1: it's it's basically uh, what your parents always said. They actually quoted 1 Corinthians, and they said, uh, you know, bad company corrupts good morals. Yeah, right. Because it's like leaven that goes through this loaf, right? Uh, this wickedness, this this could go through the entire church. If we did not deal with it in a mm-hmm. decisive way, mm-hmm. people could start to think, well, there really are no rules here. There is no right and wrong.
0: Yeah. yeah. But
1: good company corrupts bad morals. That's what I th- that's what I tried to tell my Rivers, kids. Yeah. You know, if you can find some really good friends that do the right thing and mm-hmm. believe what uh, you know, believe well and maybe that could help too. And so it works both ways. We want sincerity and truth to go through the church, you know, mm-hmm. like leaven goes through a loaf of bread. We want mm-hmm. it to spread everywhere.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Adam, why don't you take us to the end of the passage, then? Yeah, I'll yeah. go all the
1: way.
0: Uh, it's verse nine through thirteen. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexual immoral Ooh, people. We need to
2: pause right there. Mm. So this yeah. is the first letter we have to the Corinthians, but it, in our Bibles, but it wasn't Paul's first letter to Got them. It. He had written, he had written to them before, and um, you know he has to clear up something. I think they're mm. misunderstanding him. He says. I wrote to you not to associate with sexually immoral people. Not at all, meaning the people of this world. You know, they're mm. thinking, oh, they're all bad out there. Let's get away from them. He's mm. like, that's not what I meant, you guys.
0: Yeah. So he's just cleaning it up. Okay, yeah. So he's giving clarification. So yeah. let me let me kind of read this in whole, make sure that this makes sense. I wrote to you my letter not to associate with, a mor- with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. In that case... You would have okay. to leave this world. He's, wow, very sarcastic there. He's
2: like, <laughs> duh. Yeah, you're gonna have to hang out with people like that. Yes. You are people like that. Yes. So he
0: says, but now I am writing to you that you must not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, yep. but is sexually immoral or greedy, or a idolater, a slanderer, a drunkard, or a slender. Do not even eat with such people. All right, so that's, that's pretty clear too. You want me to just wrap this up yeah, too? Yeah, go ahead. What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked person from among you.
2: Wow, that's strong language. Expel them. Man, Um, he goes back to Deuteronomy. He's like, look, this theme has been throughout the faith tradition of the Jewish person uh, Mm -hmm. anyway. So he goes back to that. Paul, we've always talked about belong before you believe. We can't expect non-Christians to act like Christians. That's all built out of this passage, these passages. There's more of them in the Mm -hmm. New Testament talk about it. Um, The one thing that I wanted to draw our attention to... um, Gosh, where was it? Well, oh, do not even eat with such people. Okay, Mm -hmm. this is what I wanted us to think. It's not like they're sending texts, hey, you want to catch up at uh, IHOP for breakfast? No, I can't. My church said I I shouldn't. Right. Eating meant so much more than it does now. Yeah. Um, In in that society, sharing a meal, like it kind of is in other parts of our world... Yep. Meant a ton. Mm -hmm. It would be like saying, "I'm you and I are are good." Yes, and so if you and they probably didn't live too far from each other, I bet they lived in the same on the same street. Uh And it's like, look, if you're gonna welcome this guy into your home, you're gonna be communicating something. Mm. And so, do not eat with him and that mm. was that was an important first century boundary sure so that he could understand this the the severity of his error in this mm. behavior so i think that's important to remember is what
1: eating meant in the first century
0: yeah
1: and i'd like to comment about you know trying to judge the people outside you know yeah. the people in the world the church historically has gotten this absolutely wrong mm. they've been lobbing moral bombs on the gay community and mm-hmm. uh, the yeah. gambling community and the you know you name it yeah. um, and and basically the church has stood for condemnation of the world. That's not what we're supposed to stand for. We're supposed mm-hmm. to uh, judge internally in terms of, like make moral judgments about our own behavior mm-hmm. and accept the fact that people who are not part of us are acting normal natural. Mm -hmm. This is who they are. Mm -hmm. It's supernatural what we're talking about in terms of Christ-like behavior. Why should we ever expect them to be able to live like a Christian? Mm -hmm. They don't have the Holy Spirit inside of them. They don't appreciate Christ and what He's done for them. All right, don't be upset with them. Mm -hmm. They're doing what comes naturally. Sure. I kind of want to wrap up with a little sobering reality
2: here. Um, Across the globe for centuries, churches have covered up sexual sin. Yes. It breaks my heart. It breaks my heart when churches don't take it seriously. And in some cases, the people who are guilty of this are people I've looked up to. They've shaped my thinking. Yeah. And they've been severely evil in the way they've treated other people. Mm -hmm. And the church should have handled it years ago. Um, yep. And I think if Paul were here today, he would not be looking to go, you know, picket downtown, the, the parade or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think he would, it, it, you know... Oh, totally. He would be going to he'd the... He'd go to the Vatican. Let's just...
1: <laughs> he'd be going to
2: the Ravi Zacharias of the <laughs> yeah, world yeah, and saying, that just the lack of accountability, your power hungry, your sexual perversion, mm. it is... It, it is satanic. Let's use the word from 1 mm, yeah. Corinthians chapter yeah. 5, yeah. hand them mm. over to Satan. Yeah. And it's so evil. And I just think mm. for a moment, I... We just should just... A moment of mourning and grief for the ways that Christians still continue to uh, behave sexually in ways that completely ruin churches and platforms and influence and and uh, the validity and, and um, authenticity of the gospel.
0: Mm.
2: And I think... Uh, Gosh, um, we should call that out, and mm. Paul would too. So let's sure. think about that. And then I guess with a, a little less heaviness, <laughs> uh, let's look at our own lives. Where do I have sin in my own life that sure. should be addressed? Because any sin in my life is going to work its way through the dough of my of my life. Mm. And if my pride is, is present and not addressed, it'll show up in my parenting, in my kids, in my work, in my whatever. And yeah. let's stop it so it doesn't do that. So I think yeah. those are some applications, both for the church as a whole... And then, and then personally to um, address this in our own lives. Mm, excellent. Well, thanks, guys, for the clarity,
0: the helpfulness of this discussion, and uh, yeah, just thank you for taking the time for this. Uh, listeners, if you're here today and uh, just uh, listening to this, uh, I'm I'm just so thankful that you're here and that we're able to provide this hopeful and helpful content. If you can do me a favor and just uh, leave this podcast a review, that helps us out a ton. I was just looking at one from. Uh, Just a a week or two ago that somebody left um, and uh, the title of it was just what I was looking for. And they said this is such a great podcast to help understand the Bible and how it still relates to life. Thank you. So please go ahead and do that if you haven't already. That's a free and easy way to help us out. Uh, If you want to see some of our other podcasts that we offer as well, go to smccutah.org slash podcast, and you can find um, also our SMCC Messages podcast. We'd love for you to listen to that as well and leave a review on there. Thank you, and we will see you again next week. Thanks again for joining us for the Fully Delighted podcast. If you enjoyed this hopeful and helpful resource, we'd love to have you leave us a review or share an episode with a friend. For more information about SMCC, please visit us at our website at smccutah.org. Thank you for trusting us with your time, and we look forward to having you back again soon.